Thank you. It's amazing. Every time they've sung, it has been amazing. And the orchestra, too. I'm not diminishing them at all, right? It's so cool because in chapels, you don't often get that kind of music. So I got to tell you, it's like, whoa, feels really good. <clears throat> so apparently, it turns out that when you do sermons multiple times, they get longer and longer and longer. So the first one took five minutes. The second one took 40. I'm expecting this one to be about an hour. So, but they said they'll hold the food, so you guys are good, right? So I have water this time because it's, it's freaky. Apparently, my wife says I yell when I preach. I don't get it. <clears throat> Look, I want, to, uh, I want to clarify something straight up. First off, we're going to start with this. This is not Veterans Day. Now, this is kind of important because on Veterans Day, what we want you to do, those of us that are veterans, both serving and have served, to come up and feel free to say, hey, thank you so much for your service. But today, the people you would say that to are dead. This is Memorial Day. Memorial celebrates, if you will, and I hate that term because it's not accurate for this, is it? Memorial Day commemorates. It recognizes, it remembers the death of those who have given all for their nation. So as we go into this tomorrow, because today is not Memorial Day, you all know that, but we are going to talk about it a little bit today, but mostly about the sacrifice. Because memorials involve sacrifice when we talk about this, when we talk about Memorial Days. When you go look, if you ever have up in D.C., you see monuments that are there to remind you of somebody who has what? Died. Right? If you look at the walls that have names scribed upon them. Those are there because those are people who have died. And so with Memorial Day, what we want you to remember, what we want you to reflect on, are the sacrifices of those who have gone before so that we might have today and tomorrow. So I want you to be aware of that. Anytime I talk about a memorial, I am referring to a sacrifice. And so I had to look up that word sacrifice. I said, what is sacrifice? Well, I found it. Okay, that's kind of funny because nowadays in today's world, right, when you look something up, you always find it, right? Google knows all. I'm pointing to my hat that has my phone in it, right? That's where I get everything these days. It's like, define sacrifice. Well, it came up with this phenomenal definition, and I believe it's true. And so I'm going to read it to you, and this is what it says because this frames where we're heading today. Sacrifice is the surrendering or destruction of something that we prize or desire. Now, if it stopped there, it'd be eh, but there's more to it. So it's, it's the surrendering or destruction of something that we prize or desire, listen, for the sake of something or someone considered as having a higher claim. You see, when we think about Memorial Day, those folks who have died gave up their life, something they valued, right, for something that had a higher claim. A lot of times, for a lot of them, it's God. For some, it's the nation, their family, their friends, their team. But understand, when we talk about sacrifice, that's the context from which we come. Folks have given up something because something else has a higher claim. Christian, I'm setting the stage there. Right, thank you. By the way, feel free to laugh the entire time because you and I will get along great. For the other folks, if you sit there like this, I will be bored, okay? And I got to tell you, I don't think I'm a boring guy. 
church. So I was actually pointing to a friend of mine, not to my wife. You all thought I was doing that to my wife. Oh, no, I am much wiser than that, much wiser. Look, when I thought about this sermon, I thought about all the sacrifices service members make, and I thought, well, gosh, I could go with the whole sacrifice of freedom, maybe sacrifice of their time, sacrifice of families, of friends, the material wealth. You know, all these sacrifices, I said, no, I'm not going there, because, frankly, you all know that. You all know that. It's been on the news forever and ever and ever lately, for the last decade and a half. So it's more than that. Look, it's important what service members do, what they give up. But folks, when I thought about it, I said, you know what? This is nothing more than an example of what you as a Christian are supposed to do 24 hours, hours a day, seven days a week, the entire year. And that's a sacrificial love element. You see, we're supposed to be sacrificially loving people. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about, by the way, participation. We are supposed to be loving. Now, some of you guys are like, no, 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 listen. Did God love? Did Jesus epitomize that love? Yes. Jesus could kick your rear end. He was a carpenter. He's like, you ever seen those carpenters? Because they're on the roof with their shirts off. They got all these little muscle things. I don't even know what those are anymore, you know? I've got an ab. Look, it's, it's, this is what Christians are called to do. It's sacrificial love. And look, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm a bit tired of this. Christians, here's what we are. We're supposed to show this sacrificial love in two very big actions. The first is this, stand up and step out. I hope you heard that, because you're going to hear it a lot more. Christians, we are called, we are told to stand up and step out in a real, relevant, and radical way. Did you get that? Because I'm going to be going like this. Relevant and radical. I haven't said it enough. I know you don't have it memorized yet. Okay, you will, or you'll be less than the other two congregations. And we shan't have that, shall we? Right? Very good. So yes, the sacrificial love. <clears throat> now look, we're going to be going into 1 John 3.16. That's the verse from which I got this. Most of you know it. You've heard it before. Now look, if you go to John 3.16, this will not make any sense whatsoever. So I need you to go to 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3.16, and this is what it says. Now as followers of Christ, remember, we are standing up we're stepping out in a real, relevant, radical way and listen to what he did. He said, we know love by this. So this is how we know love. That he, Jesus, laid down his life for who? For us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This is from whence we come when we talk about sacrifice. Do you know that God values you? He valued you so much that he was willing to set aside his. For us, that's amazing, sacrificial love. God recognized a problem, he did something about it. God recognized a problem, and he did something about it. Look, as Christian followers, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, in a relevant and radical way, and that's where we're going to be heading today. Look, service members today, 
Service members today, it's an all-volunteer force. Y'all realize that, right? Okay? The draft is not happening. Okay, everyone's tracking that, okay? Because believe it or not, I've talked to some young folks. Well, you know, I did this so I didn't get drafted. Son, no one gets drafted today. (laughs) But I had to fill out my draft card. I know. Okay? But look, it's an all-volunteer force. And those service members stand up and listen to what they have to do when they stand up. And I absolutely love this because when they stand up, they have to take an oath. Now, some of you have never heard the oath of enlistment or the oath an officer takes. I'm going to read you the one the officer takes. Listen to this. I state your name, Robert Scott Brown, having been appointed an officer in the Army of the United States as indicated above in the grade of whatever my rank is, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Some of you didn't know that. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservations or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which I'm about to enter, so help me God. That's standing up. That's standing up, and if I stopped there, it would mean nothing. Sacrificial love requires you to stand up and recognize what needs to be done, but then you've got to step out. And that's what the service members do day in and day out. They've stood up and said, I recognize there's a problem, and I'm going to fix it. And some of them die in the fixing which is why we have Memorial Day. Standing up and stepping out in a real, relevant, and radical way. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And here's what I want you to do. Look, I want you to be able to change your worldview into God's view of the world. How's that sound? Right? I want you to get out of the world's view of what is and move into God's view of what is. And God turns things upside down. And the first way he does this, he says sacrifice is real. Sacrifice is real. Now, some of you say, well, Scott, what do you mean by real? Look, I knew a guy. He was 40 years old. His name was Brett. Now, Brett was 40 years old. and He was supposed to retire, pretty cool, in February of 2006. Now, that's exciting. Any of you that experienced retirement, I imagine it's kind of nice. In August of 2005, Brett died. He died on a deployment he didn't need to be on. He didn't have to go. Brett was a special forces, that's that that Green Beret folks, right? You know, like John Wayne? Okay, see, every time I've said the Green Beret folks, when I say John Wayne, there are people go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. John Wayne was not a Green Beret, okay? He was an actor, just so you know. But he did a lot for the Green Berets, too, just so you know. But look, so Brett was a Green Beret, and he was a weapons guy. So weapons guys got these big guns, and they love to share them. So what a wonderful, wonderful man. Brett was real. How do I know this? Well, I know this because every time I visited him, every time I saw him, he was smiling. He was jovial, except when he needed to go out the gate. And then he was serious, because it's serious business. I also know this because any time you talk to him, guess what he talked about? His wife, Autumn, and their child. Always. It got kind of irritating, you know, because then you feel like you ought to be doing the same. I always talked about you. 
okay, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm never supposed to lie on the pulpit. I get that, right? Look, but this is how Brett was sincere and honest. He told you what he thought, and he did it in such a way you felt good about it. He was that kind of guy that was authentic in everything he did, and so he deployed again because he knew his skills were needed. And it wasn't just the skill of shooting. It was the skill of keeping the team balanced because of who he was and his personality. You see, that's realness. That's authenticity. It didn't change if he was in the war zone or if he was back home at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, or if he was with his family. It didn't. It, that was Brett. You see, folks, today, we have to be real. Yes. Now, look, guys, sitting around you right now is someone's marriage that's fallen apart, and you don't know it. Sitting around you is someone that's addicted to something and you do not know it. Sitting around you right now is someone that wants to cry so badly, yet they're so afraid somebody might see them that they can't. That's not real. That's not honest and that's not sincere. Folks, if you're a Christian, we're supposed to be open with each other. Show me, name me one sin that cannot be confessed to a brother who's been forgiven everything. There's not one, guys. And yet our pride gets in the way. That pride piece that gets in the way is not authentic. God tells us in the family of God to be real with each other. I'm supposed to be able to trust you with my deepest, darkest, ugly. They know out there if you're not real in here. If you're not real in here, here's a promise to you. You will never reach the generation out there because they want authenticity. They want honesty and they want sincerity and they don't believe, church, that we have it. Read, read the Pew Research. It's all over it. If you don't know what that is, Google Pew Research, right? It's all over it. They don't want to come in here because they don't think we're real. So it doesn't matter how much you stand up if you're not going to step out in a real, authentic, sacrificial way. Well, just enjoy your churchness. Have a great time in the cafeteria, eating the food. Come on, church. We have to be real. I mean, do you think Jesus was real? I agree with you. Now, we're not talking, did he really live? We're talking, was he authentic, sincere, honest in who he was? Yes, listen to this. It says this. God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were still, Christ died for us. That takes realness, folks, because I got to tell you right now that if one of you walked up and you shot and killed my son, I would have trouble dying for you. Yet God knows you did just that. You say, I've never killed anybody. Oh, I've heard your words. I've never heard your thoughts. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Right? Because <laughs> some of you right now are going, well, he better hurry because he's only got another 16 minutes before I've got to go. <laughs> Look, church, we've got to be real. Jesus modeled it in that he died for us when we did not deserve it. And he said, you're worth it. And I will do that for you. You see, that's showing love first part of the verse, right? How are you going to know love? Because he gave his life 
for us. God stood up and stepped out. He didn't just stand up and say there's a problem. He stood up and recognized the problem and he stepped out in a very real way. But it doesn't just stop there. Sacrifice is relevant too. <clears throat> Sacrifice is relevant. It means it matters. It means that it matters. Listen, Aaron Holliman was 27 years old. Aaron Holliman was 27 years old. In August of 2004, he rolled out of his compound with three other guys in a vehicle. It got blown up. He died. The others didn't. Aaron Holliman was 27 years old, another Green Beret. He didn't need to be on that deployment. He did not need to be on that deployment. He had been injured in the one before. He's a medic. He wasn't well yet. And yet Aaron went. Aaron went because what he did mattered. It wasn't just the fact that they were fighting to keep us safe and secure. His team needed him. Aaron was the senior medic on this team. He was amazing. He's the guy that when a, another friend of ours, a guy named Joe, tried to catch a rocket-propelled grenade with his arm, don't do that because you lose the arm. Aaron was the guy that was there right away. Aaron was the guy that was, that was in Joe's face the whole time. Tell him, you're going to be okay. I've got you. You're going to be okay. And when I saw Joe in the hospital, the first thing he said was not, Chaps, good to see you. I wish it was. It wasn't. He said, Aaron was amazing. You see, Aaron mattered. What he did mattered. But if that was all he had done, it still mattered. But listen to this. I go out to the team house, way out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm sitting with one of his best friends talking to him. And Jeff is, he's distraught, he's upset, he's angry. And we go through some stuff. And I had the privilege of leading Jeff to Christ because of Aaron's death. Aaron's death mattered. Because what happens when only one soul comes to Jesus? Right? I heard it. Thank you. This crowd's, the first crowd was like, oh, the angels rejoice. Right? <laughs> Oh, and if you tell him I said that, I will deny it, right? No, there's a party in heaven, isn't there? I mean, Jesus was like, what's that? Oh, bum, dun, 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 right? I mean, that's like, and the cartwheels are happening, which is okay in some churches, right? And, and people's hands are raised. Yep, thank you out there, right? Gotcha, hallelujah, right? There's a party going on. I'm telling you right now, his sacrifice is relevant. It matters. There's connectedness. His mother, Glenda, his father, Ross, say the same thing. How cool is that? They say their son's sacrifice matters because Jeff came to know Jesus. Aaron already did. In case you were wondering, Aaron already did. It's tremendous. Sacrifice is relevant. You see, too often people today in this world are trying to find their significance, their connectedness, their reason for being in what? Sex, drugs, alcohol. Oh, guys, you ready? Work. I do that for the guys because, believe it or not, we tend to tie our identity to work. And so all of this is trying to fill this emptiness that's inside, and we say, because I matter now. No. No. None of that is relevant. What is relevant is who are you in Jesus and what are you doing for him? Hear that. 
Who are you in Jesus, and what are you doing for him? You see, relevance has an action to it. When I stand up, that's great. I acknowledge there's a sin problem in the world. Do you? Right, and now here's the problem with sin. It's a church word. You, guys, you get that, right? I don't know about y'all. I don't walk out on the street corner and go, so uh, sinning today or not? <laughs> right? I don't do that. I don't even go out there and say, so disobeying God or what? Right? Which is sin. Right? Instead, I've got to say, look, there's a problem in the world. They don't know there's a problem. Do y'all get that? You see, but if I'm being real, if I'm, if I'm being authentic, then when I go talk to them, oh, trust me, they know this thing is all messed up. And they ask me, how can you be so, they use the word happy. I, I, I don't use happy because that's an emotion. Right? I, not that I'm not emotional, okay? Because some of you are like, oh, it's like not emotional. No, I am, but I'm not, right? But look, contentment is where I reside. Whether I'm happy, mad, sad, or glad, I'm content because I've got this Holy Spirit of God living in me. What can you do to me? Nothing. Now, I can choose to get angry at something you do. Sure, shame on me. I could, but look, they say, well, why are you so content? Well, now i got something to tell you. Because i got to tell you, I was a dorked-up individual. I was all messed up. I did things that no one should ever do. Well, like what? I'm not telling you in here, because my in-laws are here. <clears throat> so... So that ain't happening, right? Because I was practically perfect in every way, which is a Mary Poppins reference for those of you that didn't know that, right? Look, we got to be relevant. We have to connect. And all of the stuff we try to fill in is not doing it. And so Jesus, God himself, has to fill that void. We show that to them, and, and they get to see it. Why? Because we've stood up, we've stepped out, we're, and we're being... Relevant. It's so cool. So I'd be authentic. I'd be authentic. What bad, poor, poor grammar. So I'd be authentic, right? I is relevant. I figure I may as well just keep the theme going. You know what I mean? Right? <clears throat> and the people start seeing a difference. All because of this. Look at this. He says this. We know love by this that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. <clears throat> Folks, I have to lay myself aside. I got to set myself aside for you. If that means that my wife sacrifices sometimes, hear me on this, I'm okay with it because of he who has called me. She's okay with it because of he who has called us. That's hard because the culture, remember I asked you to change your worldview, the worldview says family is bull. Family is not first. God is first. And if you act on that, he will take care of your family. I have been gone for almost 10 years of the 16 that we've been together in the military for, as a chaplain. He took care of my wife and children. Turns out he did it better than I could have. You got to love that, right? Look, God's telling you to stand up. He's telling you to step out. He's telling you to be real. Sacrifice real. Sacrifice is relevant. And the last one is my favorite one. Sacrifice is radical. Right? I know. I love this part because look, Christians, 
How many of you, oh, I did this in the first service, second service, let's try the third. How many of you are diehard Auburn fans? Oh, whoa, what, I got one? Oh, that didn't count, you're my wife. Oh, but I got one over here. Nice. Power of the people, man, we, 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 we unite. Look, I loved Auburn football because I went to Auburn. We had to bow down four times a day to the stadium. May have been five, I forget, I didn't wake up that early, right? But then I preached a sermon on, guess what? Idolatry. I got to tell you, being a, being a preacher sometimes really stinks. Because God is like all about the smack you in the face stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I preached this sermon on idolatry, and it basically came out that said, Scott, how can you be so excited about this football game, and yet you sit there with me? And you go into your private corner, you pull out your prayer book, you read it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, I'm going to go to work and beep, 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 right? Folks, if you can get it radical about football, you better be able to get it radical about he who supposedly changed your lives. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you right now that there's people out there that need to see a radical people, not a sacrificially boring people. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be energetic like I am up here because, frankly, by the fourth service, okay? But I am saying that we have got to, as the supposed people of God, act like he matters. If you really think he matters, then be radical for him. Here's what I mean by that. Oh, my goodness, look what I read. I love the Internet. It has everything. <laughs> Serving Hampton Roads to change the world. That's your vision. See? You know it's true because I printed it off the internet. It's on hard paper. I've got your vision, your mission, how we measure, your strategy. I still want to see the napkin, by the way. I haven't seen one yet. The gathering, home, communities, I've got it right here. Your vision says serving Hampton Roads to change the world. You cannot do it if you're not radical. Because if you're not radical, you're just like the rest of the world. And folks, that's boring. Look, if you guys really have this desire to change the world in Hampton Roads, you've got to leave here. You can't stay here. Now, I'm not saying go to Second Baptist Church because I'll never be invited back ever, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is you must stand up, step out, be real because they want authenticity, be relevant because they want to know why, and you've got to be radical, and you're scared. What if they don't like you? What if, what if they reject you? What if they say no? You know what? Auburn was losing 40 to nothing to Nebraska. Bo Jackson was playing. Okay, for the older people, you get it. For the younger people, he was amazing, okay? And we were losing 40 to nothing. Guess who was still in the stands cheering? That's radical behavior because all 12 of us were in there cheering, right? <laughs> Folks, that's what he demands of us. He says, be radical. There's no such thing as personal faith. You get that? There's no such thing as this private personal. No, 
Show me where Jesus curled up into a ball and left everybody to their own devices. No, and you say, well, what about that time he was sleeping in the ship? I don't know if he was cold and curled up in a ball, but he didn't leave them to their own devices, right? They woke him up and they said, hey! He went, what? Peace be still, right? Okay, he may not have done the raspberry, but I think he probably did to Peter, okay? Look, folks, you've got to be radical about what you're doing. You need to stand up and step out. Enough with just the head nods. Enough with the hallelujahs and amens when your preacher makes a good point. You've got to do more. Or people will die. And there will not be a memorial for them. Because their life will have been wasted. And it's on us. See, I wish I could blame you. I can't. I have to be included in this. It's on us. Because too often, we've barely stood up. We've been terrified to step out because we're afraid to take off the mask. And we think we can't tell them why. And if we can't do that, it's very hard to do cartwheels down the aisle, isn't it? By the way, if one of you does a cartwheel down the aisle next week, please videotape that and send it to me. <laughs> Your pastor would be, <laughs> it would be... It'd be very good to watch, right? It'd be very good. Look... This radical sacrificial love is what he expects us to do. Standing up, stepping out, being real, relevant, and radical. You say, okay, Scott, I got it. What what does that mean? Listen, Christians, Christians, we require this authenticity of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 360-some days a year. I'll give you one off, okay? Take a day off. But look, take off the mask. Show the people in your workplace. Show the people in the homeschool groups. Show the people wherever you are who you are. And you are not perfect. Yet, you are forgiven by the grace of God. That's huge. That's huge. Christians, you've got to be relevant. If you do not know how to answer, you must learn. You must give a reason for the faith that is within you. You are without excuse. If you are saved, you've already got an answer. Tell them. Look, Christians, be radical. I want you to be extreme. I want you to go out. I want you to be outgoing. Even the ultra-introvert can do this because who powers you? God Almighty, through the power of his Holy Spirit. Don't diminish him. You can do this. And then the fourth thing I really want you to hold on to as well, when we talk about memorials, look, We've got the walls, we've got the plaques, we've got the monuments. We've got, I was thinking, this ring is a memorial. I'll be happy to tell you about it later if you wanted to, right? But look, look, look. Every Sunday, you come in. You don't worship this. This is the cross. This is a memorial. Because it reminds us of he who gave his life for us. And in that, we find hope. We find hope. I want you to remember our fallen brothers and sisters tomorrow. I do. But most of all, I want you to remember that Christ himself, God, God the Messiah, the anointed one, the promised one, stood up and said, y'all got a problem. He stepped out and came in, didn't he? He lived his life perfectly. He died on that cross for us. 
that we might have eternal life when we believe, when we trust in him. That's what I want you to hold on to. Christians, I require you, God requires you to It's a requirement because of what he's done for us. Never make that mistake. It's a requirement. You do not get a buy in this, no matter how much you want one. In just a minute, we're going to have an invitation. Now look, I'm tired of Christians who are scared. I'm tired of people who are too prideful to walk down an aisle because other people might see them. Some of you need to ask the pastor for prayer. Well, do it. Come down and do it. Who knows but that your willingness to walk down and just ask for prayer is enough to encourage someone else who desperately needs it to do the same. You see, there's power in the people of God coming together for this. And there is a lack of power when we don't. Some of you have never given your lives to Jesus. i got to tell you, tomorrow's not the day. Because like the song says, if tomorrow never comes, today is the day. It's not a fear factor thing, folks. It's just truth. Jesus gave himself. He stood up and saw that I needed him. He stepped out into this world. He died on the cross. He canceled out my death because the wages of sin is right. But he said, my gift is eternal life. So if you've never given your life to Christ, do it now, because tomorrow, I don't know. Manchester, I don't know. And I'm assuming if you want to join the church, you do that too. I I totally forgot that the last two times. But if you would like to switch your letter, if you would like to join this church, come up also at the same time. Philip will be up here. Others will be too. Uh, What I would ask is join me in prayer as you stand up. This is where you get to stand up, right? You know what the next part is? So join me in prayer. Father God Almighty, we thank you for this glorious day, Lord. We stand before you as the people who have stood, mainly because I told them to, Lord, but some stood because they recognize there's a need, Lord, and they are willing to step out even today to come down and say to Philip or one of the others, I want to serve you. I want to be real. I want to be relevant. I want to be radical, Lord. I ask that that would be the case. And even as we say amen in just a moment, Lord, we pray that you will work through the power of your Holy Spirit in each and every life here. For it's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen.